Title of the message tonight, not a long message, so we'll have time to visit, but I want to hit this. Think the best, and I've got wrote down forget the rest, but I think a better thing to say there is forgive the rest, because that's where the problem is at with all of us. But you know, basically, I want to talk to you about just dealing with people. Really, that's what it's all about. Yeah, people. If there wasn't no people, there wouldn't be any problems at all. I think the Bible even says that. If there's no, if there's no, if there's no ox in the stall, there won't be any doo-doo. Well, that's kind of the way the church is. The more people you have, the more problems you have. But that's what we're here for. That's what Jesus came for. Doc commented about his love. I'm reading a new book that's really good. And I had never, I still don't have the real revelation on it, but he was explaining that God's love goes so deep that sometimes we think if we're not performing just right, not obeying just right, he's not happy. The fact is, the Bible says that when sin abounds, grace must more abounds. And there's other scriptures that says that he loves you so much, he loves you deeper when you're pulling something you shouldn't be pulling. Now that, you got to think on that one. Yeah. You say, because we're taught if we mess up and we fall off in sin. But that's not the fact. He, his, his love is so deep. Where is he going to be when we're in trouble? He's with, us. with us. And he's going to be deeper and tighter with us during those times that we're messing up. That doesn't make it right to mess up. That's where grace is at. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So he loves us all, but think how much more. He even said, I, I didn't come for you guys that are okay. I come for the ones that are sick. That's why he likes our church. <laughs> We're all mostly sick. Yeah. Loving Jesus. Philippians 1, 6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work will perfect it. Now, we are a work in progress. Now, keep this in mind as we're talking tonight. Your friends are a work in progress. Your workmates are a work in progress. Your wife, your husband is a work in progress. Everybody you come in contact with is a work in progress. And never forget that you are a work in progress. And keep, when you keep that in mind, it, it's, we're so quick to judge. We're so quick, we're so quick to 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 say things about people and the way people are raising their kids and the way things are going on, and we think we've always got the answer. That is so wrong in the area of the way we're supposed to be living. And, and if you're, you know, think the best of people and forget the rest. Just let things go. Uh, Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's doing the work. He's going to finish the work. And I'm so glad that he's the one that's doing it. Oh, my goodness. 2 Corinthians 3.18 said, Daryl, you've got to be quiet over there. You're interrupting people that are sitting right beside you there, bud. Okay? 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 3.18 says, We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I love that scripture. We are being, on a daily basis, our mind is being transformed, and we are getting Closer and closer to what God wants out of our life. And I just read you a scripture. He's going to finish the work that he started. 
He's going to finish it. So as we get in the Word and as we come to church and as we spend time uh, listening, to, listening to the Word and studying the Word and reading the Word, our mind then starts becoming transformed. You're renewing your mind. Then your heart and your mind start lining up and then you start doing the things that you want to do, basically. Uh, the more you understand His love, the more you understand how much He's going to get the work done. And I always have liked this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're new creatures in Christ. Uh, that's a good one to get locked into you. Because whenever you got born again, you turned into a different person. You're created new. You may still be doing some of the stuff that you did, but you, that's, that's the old you. That's the old habits. That's the old way you lived. That's, that's the old. I wish, well, I got born again at 12 years old in a Methodist church. And I wished I'd have been taught right off the bat who I am in Christ. Because I didn't understand what it meant to even be born again. I knew something happened to my life. I knew something took place. I knew there was a load. I mean, how much, how much damage can you have at 12 years old? But I knew there still was a load off of me, and I knew I was different. But I was never taught that I'm now new in Christ. I was never taught that I'm not the old person anymore. I was never taught... But when I started learning this, it started making more sense of how my life was, why I wasn't comfortable around some things. And, and I didn't like to go to some places. I didn't want to do some things. And I didn't know what it was was telling me that. Well, I'm a new creature. I'm not the old guy I was. And how bad can you be at 12? But I knew something was different. I mean, how much damage can you do in life at 12? Well, I take that back. I was talking to Chris today, and he, he had a new man he was counseling, and he'd been in, he'd been in reform school or prison since he was 11 years old. So that's all he's lived. He'd been in 20 years. So that's all he had lived. That's all he's known. So Chris has got a challenge to teach him. Not, that's the old you. Just come out of the hole, spent 20 days in the hole for, for not doing what the officer told him to do. And Chris said, why? Why, did you, why do you want to be who you really are? Because he's a born-again Christian. He just never had any understanding of it. But we are that way, folks. We, we are totally different than who our old past brings up. We are totally changed. Well, you've got to keep that in mind when you're talking to somebody else, when you're trying to get along with somebody else. Has anybody got some people that you're around all the time and you just really don't like to be around them? Come on. I mean, they're just people that sometimes, especially if you own, you got workers, it's just like, oh, ho, oh. ho. You, you got to have them, but you just soon them not be there. Are people you're just around, people you run into. I mean, when you come to church, there's people here you don't like. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm not, Doc, I'm not getting any response at all from them. But this is what I'm talking about, understanding that God is still working on them. You know, we're, we're going to be so surprised when we get to heaven who's there. Because we have judged and judged and judged and we've seen people do things they shouldn't be doing and we, we condemn them for their lifestyle when in fact they're okay. God's still working on them. And what they're doing now, they're probably not going to be doing down the road. Well, what you did yesterday, you're probably not doing today if God's working on you and he is working on you. It's a guarantee. I don't care who you are. God is working on you. Well, there's a song. He's still working on me. Boy. We've got to, basically, we've got to give each other grace. See, only, 
one of the biggest things that Connie and I had in our marriage is when we come to the place where, and you've heard this, we, we come to the, finally come to the place where we said, I said to her, I said, Connie, I'm going to stop trying to change you. Would you please stop trying to change me? And once we realized that I can't change her and she can't change me, only God can, well, get that same thing with the people that you're around every day of your life. Every day of your life. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, your family. I don't care who it is. They're who they are, and they're going to be who they are until God changes them. And the best thing you can do is let them be who they are so they can relax and be who they are. Luke, Luke, uh, Luke 6, 41 and 42, everybody knows that scripture. That's the one where you've got, a, you've got a speck in your eye. They've got a speck in their eye, and you think you can get it out while you've got a plank in your eye. You can't even see what they've got for what you've really got. You know, what's interesting about that, too, is when we, when we judge other people, the Bible tells us that we're going to become what we're judging. I, I never quite understood that, but I can remember my father doing things that just, just bugged me, and then I found that I was doing the same thing to my kids. I mean, right down to the... I can remember holding a flashlight for Dad when he was working on wiring, and you know how a little kid does, you know. Well, I can remember Bradley holding the light for me, working on wiring, and, and he was doing the same thing, and I was getting on them just like Dad got on me. Well, what good did it do? You know, we've got to get to the place where we love people around us as much as Christ loves us. And then you just let them be crazy because you're crazy. You just don't see you're crazy. We're all, we're all running around like this, blinded to what we really are. And, and recognize that if you let people be who they are around you, you're going to find they're friendlier people, they're nicer people, and you can find out who they are and where they are and where their needs are and where you can pray. Where if we're always judging and trying to correct them, then when you walk in the presence of them, you feel different because you have been speaking about them or you feel different because they've been speaking against you anybody know what I'm talking about it's funny how you can walk in a building and you feel like something's not right well it's because they've been talking about somebody this is all what I'm talking about and if we think the best and just let the rest go and forget the forget forget the, the part that you shouldn't be just forget the rest let it go we all you know scripture tells us that we only know in part I'm trying to use that as much as I can in my thinking nowadays. They're put in a new, they put in a new coffee shop up the road. Josiah, I think, is working up there quite a bit. And just got it open. And because I pull out of that road, I seen it every day as it was going up. I seen the sign out front all the way to where it's, it's in business now. And it's funny how I had my opinions of what they're doing. I had my idea of where they should build it. Right now, I still don't know why they've got riffraff rock in the back and a big hole in the backyard. I'm still wondering about that. Maybe Josiah knows. But I've had my opinions. But I, every time I would comment to somebody, especially I talk to John about it a lot, I would say, but you know, I know in part. And all the ways they built that building, I knew in part. Right down there, I was criticizing where they had it located because where the driveway was going to be, but I knew in part. Anybody? Or I'm the only one that's like that. And we've got, we've got to recognize we do the same thing to people. You know, this couple here, I don't know them very well. I kind of knew the parents, and I know where they live. But I, I've never sat in their house, and I don't know how they live and what they do. 
we know in part. And I could go around the room. This couple here has just been here four or five times now, and I know in part. Jay and Iva, I've known, seem like my whole life, but I still know in part. I don't, Doc, probably as close as anybody in here, Doc and I have been, but I know in part. Why? Because I'm not God. Jeff, I've seen raised. He, just a, nothing to where he's at. But we know in part. It seems like we always seem to think we know about the people when it comes to getting along with them. And think the best and just forget the rest because you're not going to change them. You're not going to... And if they're doing something you don't like, remember this. Everything in their life is like your life. It's seasonal. It will not last. It will not go on forever. Whatever they're doing that you don't think you like, God is big enough, bigger than you, to change what's going on and to bring you to the place and bring them to the place of just loving each other where they're at and being there to support and being there to take care and being there to know. You know, uh, Philippians 2, 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility of mind, let each regard one another as more important than himself. In other words, it's not all about you. If we recognize that happier you'll be is when you start serving other people and start doing stuff for other people and quit thinking about yourself so much. When you put your mind to praying for them and you put your mind to helping them do things, Put your mind, uh, for example, Jeff's got a dead pine tree. Well, that's been on my mind since he, re, since he told me it was dead. Every time I go by now, I look at it and say, hmm, how are we going to get that down? Well, who's, mine's, who's my mind on? Somebody else. That's better than me thinking about me because when I think about me, then I think about my problems and my heartaches and my things I'm going through. But my smartest thing is to know that God loves me so much that in my hard times, He's deep inside me and deep there to help me get through. And my best thing is just to put my mind helping other people. You're going to get along with people better that way, especially that one you don't really like. If you just would let them go and let them be. We can love, we can love as he loved. 1 John 4, 9 says, The love of God was manifested in us that we might love through him. In other words, everything we do in life, towards your mate, towards your friends, towards your people you're around, towards your people that you're employed by, by the boss that you don't like, if you would just recognize to just love them like Christ loved you and just forgave them, forgive them on everything that they do, no matter what it is, just let it go. Just let it go. My favorite line, I, one of the brown kids made me a little plaque that's on my thing, and it's just the words, let it go. Pick your fights, adults that's got kids. Pick your fights with your kids. Pick your fights with the training that you've got to do with them. Sometimes you can't always be on them. Just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. You will be better, I promise you. But God's love in you, if you recognize the love that he has for you and that you've got, his love in you will give you a different response if you initiate that and allow God to do it. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been poured out in your hearts, in our hearts. And if you can, if you can, if you know you're going to be confronting someone about a situation and you just ask God to give you wisdom and God, give me, give me the love that you've got as we talk. You know, it's interesting how we, we get in fights with people and we argue with people and the louder we get, we think we're winning. 
Or in fact, that's totally opposite of what Scripture says. Scripture says just keep your, keep your voice down and just discuss it, the situation. Give your opinion. Let them give their opinion and let it go. Another thing that Connie and I did was the best thing we ever did was just she gave her opinion and she had an opinion. She was a pretty independent woman. I had my opinion. That was it. Once we learned to do it. That was it. We never, we never fought for years and years and years and years and years. We never fought. We just, just enjoyed each other because we found that we're both different and that's the way it's going to be. She liked one color and I liked that color and I liked this kind of car and she liked this kind of car and she liked to decorate that this way and I didn't care. And, and most men don't. First John 4.16 says, God is love and the one who abides in God and God abides in him. Let me read that again. God is love. Got to get that in you. You don't have to perform. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything to change that love. Once you said yes to him and you believe that he died for you and rose again, there is nothing. Get this. There is nothing that you can do to separate that. We've had teachings that you can. We've had teachings that, uh, that, that you can get saved, but you can lose it. I'm sorry. This pastor reads that book, and that book does not say that. That book says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and I don't care how honorary you get. You're going you're to have consequences of your honoriness. You're going to live like hell. But he loves you so deep, he will never leave you, 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 never leave you. And he's going to finish the work that he started. He's not going to beat on you. He's not going to get you down. He's not going to make you sick. He doesn't work that way. He loves you. And if we can get that in us and if we can be that same way with people, it'll change your witness. You don't have to witness to them. You just love them. That's all people need. That's why the youth department continues to grow now that we're back from COVID. Because the, we've got many kids back here that the only reason they come is because the teachers love them. Hug them and love them. Hug them and love them. And I tell the teachers, you plant the seed, you put the love in them, don't worry about the rest. But you don't know what I, who's in my class. It doesn't matter. You love them, they don't get loved at home, most of them. We just love them. Why? Because that's what the Word says that we should do. And if you do that to people in general, I mean, whoever you run into at Walmart, whoever you run into the grocery store, whoever you run into, if you just be polite to them and nice to them. When you go to Casey's and you, go, you give the money to the lady at the counter, be nice to her. You say, but I know her. Well, you obviously, they don't know you. You let it go. I mean, well, yeah, but you can't believe with how they live. That's none of your business. Our place is to love them. Think the best Think the best. That doesn't mean it's going to be right. But think the best and forget the rest. Think the best and forget the rest. Think the best and forget the rest. First John 4.16, God is love. And the one who abides in God and God abides in him. It's, it's so solid. Romans in the New Living Translation, Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I thought that was good. Love each other with genuine, genuine affection. Just really have a heart for them. And think the best of them. And think the best. Let, let that love that's inside of you, you know, live, live in your overflow. Spend enough time in this. 
Spend enough time watching the right kind of TV. Spend enough right time just talking about the Word and allow that to become an overflow in your life and let that overflow touch your kids, touch, touch your family, touch other hearts. Why, why, why would anybody want to live in a marriage where all you do is fight? I mean, I've always, I've always thought this makes no sense, but I don't like her. Well, then why did you get with her? Well, I'm just stuck now. Well, then love her. I could, and I've said this for 30 years, I could marry any woman in here. And if she would do the scripture and I would do the scripture, we would fall deeply in love. Because love is a choice. It's not a feeling. And that's the same with people. I can love anybody in here, even if it's somebody that drives me crazy. If I do scripture, we can be in love. We can love each other and appreciate each other and, and know each other and understand each other and accept each other. Christ does that for us every day of our life. Every day of our life. You think about some of the stuff we pull. You think about some of the stuff we think about. He never quits loving me. He doesn't back away. He doesn't, he doesn't say, well, you know, we've even, we've even used the statement, well, God can't be around sin. That's why he brought Jesus. He took care of that. It's fixed. It's taken care of. But we've got to be this way with people. We've got to recognize that, that we've got to let things go. And then people will start appreciating you. You, you. you might be one to say, well, I don't have any friends. Well, how have you been towards people? I've had people. I've had people that have come. Uh, now this couple has come in and, and has visited with us and got to know. I even remember their name. That's a miracle alone. But we've had people that have come to this church and never talked to nobody, and then left and never come back because nobody talked to them. Well, did they try to talk to anybody? See, it, it, it works both ways. Well, see, it's that way in any kind of relationship. If, I, if I'm mean to somebody, why should I expect them to be nice to me? If I judge somebody and talk about them in the spirit realm, why should they even want to be around me? Because they know something's wrong and they know something don't feel right. You follow what I'm saying? We've got to come place of recognizing God has got all this and he's going to take care of all this. And we need to allow that love to overflow and allow people to be people and allow people to be who they are. And let them be who they are. Philippians 4.8. Probably one of my favorite scriptures. It says to think on the good things. Those things that are edifying. Those things that are uplifting. Uh, think about that. If we would only think. I mean this could just be. If, if you just do this scripture. Philippians 4.8. If you would just think on things that are lovely. If you would think on nothing but things that are good, if you would think on only those kind of things, could you imagine how it would change your life? Now think about it. Because our thinking is where we go. And if you come home and you're mad at your husband, or you're mad at your wife, or you, just something didn't hit you right, well, you've thought about those things. So now you've just caused problems because you're thinking. But if you think the best of everybody all the time, you say, well, I'm just not gonna be that gullible. Why not? Let God take care of all the problems. Just think the best. Just think the best. Because it tells us to. 
to think on, just think on good things. When, when something comes up and it's a wrong thought, and if you watch the news, you've got to delete, 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 delete. Unless you get a news like Elon Musk bought Twitter just so it would be right. Could you imagine, can I off note here, could you imagine having enough cash that you could write a check for $49 billion and buy a social media? But he did it because he didn't like the way it was being run. Now the liberals are just throwing a fit because the conservatives are going to get to talk now. So I think it's a pretty good deal. But that's my opinion. But it's a start. See, things can switch so quick for us the right way if we just think the right things. Think. Now, he had the power to think it and do it. But we've got the power to think it and talk about it and encourage and love people and find someone that you, you think is having problems and just love on them and just how you doing and what's going on in your life and how can I pray for you and see those are all good thoughts those are all things to help people instead of judging and criticizing people. And, and I'm as guilty as the next this is one of those things I'm working on like you you all are doing we've got to recognize that God wants us to be a people that can be and walk like he does Matthew uh, Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Uh, I, probably one of those scriptures that don't understand. But he literally says, he, he was asked, Jesus was asked, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Really thought he was saying something there. Seven times? <laughs> Jesus says, no. Seventy times seven. Now you think about how many times you've got to forgive somebody you don't like in one day. In other words, think the best and forget the rest. And that's what he wants us to do. Father, I thank you that everybody here and everybody that's maybe watching by internet, Father, we know, we know all this is, is things that you want us to do. And we're asking you to help us because we're finding that in our old self, we can't do anything that's pleasing. We can only do what's right if you flow through us and we allow you to move through us and we're obedient to those things you ask us to do father your word says to to not forgive seven times but 70 times seven so when we're offended when we're hurt when we got someone we don't like our best bet is just to let it go and just forget about it and forgive and father we thank you that we're going to be better communicators better with people better with family better with husband better with wife better with kids we're going to allow them to be who they are and let you to build them and us just to be there to help. And we thank you for it, Father, and give you all the praise and all the glory, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Call you blessed. We've got about 15 minutes to visit if you want.